Good morning, church. Good to see all your early risers. Good to be in in, in first service again. This is kind of coming back to a a sense of of normalcy to me a little bit. This is kind of nice. Um, But uh, again, it's a a blessing to be here as always. Um, It's been a while since I've been able to come and and see and be a part of what's going on up here at the Draper campus. So um, again, blessed to, to be here. And I have a, a word for you guys today that really comes from, from the depths of my heart and really from the heart of God. And as, as we were looking at that video that, that looked like Jody had made, looking at, at probably Starbucks, um, I mean, we are, we are going to be talking about love. And we're continuing that love series and, and people are, are, we're looking at what people are thinking about love and, and we're talking about you know, how do we apply love and what does that look like in our world? And, and I just want to reiterate that we serve a God of love. Do you guys know that, that God loves you? Yeah? You guys know that, that God loves you so intimately and deeply and limitlessly? And, and one of the verses that, that really, really preach that and then hold to it and, and hit at, at the very core of it is one that we've all heard of, one that we've probably seen recited a million times, one that we have even memorized probably as we were kids growing up, is John 3.16. And, and so I want to spend some time really studying and breaking up the, the, the meaning and the importance of what God is speaking to us in John 3.16. And I couldn't have, have been given a, a better verse to, to speak today and a better verse to teach on. I got excited when, when Jody told me that this was the passage we were on this week because this is something that, to me, doesn't take a lot of deep study and, and, and deep um, time to really reflect in it. It's really something that is lived out in the core of every believer. Something that when we read it, it just it bounces off the page and in our hearts and our minds and, and we just want to scream, yes! right? It was something we get excited about. And, and it's been a, a verse that has given me a lot of peace and a lot of security and a lot of uh, comfort in really hard times in my own life. And so I pray that, um, that it will be that for you today as well as we go into this, this week. But before we read, let's, let's open our hearts and minds to the Lord, shall we? And let's pray. Father God, Lord, I just come before you with complete dependence upon you. Lord, there are days where we can't even hold our arms up. There are days where we are struggling and days that we are are thriving. And Lord, I I think there are people in this room who are in both. Some are are doing really well. Some of them are, are really barely holding it together. And Lord, I pray that this passage and your word and your spirit will just overpower us that it will comfort us, that it will guide us to you. Help us to draw from your wealth of knowledge, God, as we look at what it means to give, what it means to to love from a place of giving. And so, Lord, I just uh, pray that this would be a time where we can reflect upon you, that your word will be at the center of everything we think about right now that all of the rest of the world, the things that we can't control, the things that are around us, that we just will lay those at your feet 
and that we can focus upon you and be ministered by you. In your name, amen. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. Again, in the context of what we're speaking here, uh, Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus, or he was speaking with Nicodemus. Um, I know that we, we talk about the show The Chosen a lot, but this is one of my favorite scenes in that series of, of the first season was when Jesus sits down with Nicodemus. And in verse 15, just, or verse uh, 14 and 15, I'm gonna give you some context here. Jesus says to Nicodemus, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life. And so he's speaking of the, the great story in the wilderness where snakes have, have infiltrated the camp of Israel and people are, are dying. And the ones who looked at the bronze snake lifted up were, were saved and rescued from death. And so Jesus is using the same example to show how the Son of Man, speaking of himself, speaking of this, this human figure of Daniel 6, who is being raised up and has full authority in heaven and on earth, and, and Jesus is, is proclaiming himself to be that, that human figure who is both God and man, that he will be lifted up and everyone who believes will have eternal life. That, that idea of belief is really rooted in the idea of trust and allegiance and dependence. You know, when Jesus says, follow me, we have this idea of, of who are we following? Who are we depending on? Who are we putting our belief and our trust in? And he says, for those who do that in the son of man, in him, we will have eternal life. He will say the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. If you look at the Beatitudes and, and Matthew, and that leads into where we're at with, with John 3.16. For because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So I'm going I'm to look through that passage and just meditate and think about it and really fixate on what God is actually saying here. So the first part is, for God so loved. For God so loved. So the first thing I want to see here is, is you can give without loving, right? You, you can be a giving person without loving someone, right? We, we all know what superficial giving looks like, reluctant giving, I mean, you can, you can give something to somebody without actually loving them, right? But you can't love without giving, okay? You can't love without giving. You know, I, I recently wrote a devotional around 1 Corinthians 13. It was uh, just looking at every aspect of what 1 Corinthians 13 says about love. And if you've ever um, been to a wedding, this is probably the most popular verse that people share. I know if I married you, this is the one I always share with the bride and groom and, and the people and the witnesses. But what we see in the very character of every aspect of love, and, and really this is the very character of God, is that it, it always requires a sacrifice. That it always requires you to have this place of humility below another individual when you come to them and say, I love you. It means you are submitting yourself to that in humility and sacrifice. To say you love someone, saying that you are willing to give over everything to that individual. 
something that is, has been redefined a bit in our culture where love has become more just this idea of just, just acceptance. Whereas we know that love is not always going to have to be accepted. Sometimes it comes with a truth that needs correction, right? Jody talked about that a few weeks ago where truth and love is not always accepting of an individual, but is also speaking to them in a way that is, is difficult and, and hard in a way that's sacrificing your own comfortability to share with somebody a truth. I know I've been in those moments. The hardest part of my job as a pastor is having those conversations with people. I was just having one last night and I thought, boy, ministry would be really easy if I didn't have to do this. But I just, you know, when you love somebody enough to want to speak to them in, in a way that gives them correction and direction, it requires sacrifice and it requires humility and it requires vulnerability. And so what we see in that 1 Corinthians 13 is that God is giving in a way that resembles a love that is sacrificial. That he loves you so much that he was willing to submit himself unto even death for you. I mean, you think about that for a moment. When he, was being, when he was being raised up on the cross for all the world to see, it was a very public spectacle. And there, you know, a lot of the depictions, you know, they have a, a loincloth on Jesus, but really he was most likely just naked as naked could be. Just an, an embarrassing, humiliating experience for anybody who knew Jesus was looking at Jesus, was viewing Jesus. I mean, it was a criminal and a slave's death. Yet, because he loved you, each individual, I mean, think about that. Think of of that he was thinking of you individually when he did that for you willingly. That is a, a powerful and mighty love, is it not? That's a love that I struggle to even grip. Because there are times when I have the hardest time just sacrificing simple things for people I love. Sacrificing time. Sacrificing monetary value. Sacrificing whatever it is. I, I, there's times where that, that fleshly, like I call it the fleshly catch. Like you just, it's, it's hard to, to give that. But the more that we dive into what this word is, the more that we look at the character of God, it is a a love that is limitless. A love that is fully enduring. A love that is completely overwhelming. And a love that is all-powerful. Now that is a love that we are also being conformed into. I'll tell you right now, before I really knew Jesus, I didn't really understand what love was. I had a a very worldly definition of love. But the more that I I spend time with the Lord, the more I spend time with with his people, the more I spend time in his word, reading the character of God and, and being changed and transformed by it, the more I have found myself in a place where I can't wait to give out that same sort of love. To be able to go to somebody who's hurt and broken, who is full of shame and condemnation and guilt and say that there is a God who is not angry with them, but is in love with them and wants a relationship with them. That's a God this world needs, is it not? A God that says, I love you enough to die for you. 
Because I'll tell you what, a lot of people in this world don't know and have never seen that kind of love. They've seen a conditional love. But it's so simple how I, that Jesus has, has laid it out so well that if we, we look upon him, we see that and we believe in him, we have that faith, that trust and allegiance that love is at access to. That we have access to that great and powerful love through a simple as hearing and believing. So God so loved the world. And it says that he gave his one and only son. Growing up, I, I was a, you know, listen, I heard a lot of the King James version, right? That, the begotten son. And, and really, as I, I studied the, the original languages and things, what, what I've come to understand more about this passage is that God had really given his best in the sense that that word of, of one and only son is, is the Greek word for one of a kind. The only type of son like this. That there was, there was no other son like this. That there was a uniqueness around this son. That there was nothing ever to be in existence and anything else like it. That God gave his absolute best for us. I mean, how many times have you gone to a party and you know you're late and you're like, oh man, I got this white elephant gift I got to give. And you grab some old socks, you throw them in a bag and you're like, all right, I got my gift. Right? You guys ever, does that just me? Am I the only one that does that? <laughs> but God doesn't do it that way. He found the absolute most precious gift that he could and he gave it to us because he loved us. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a father of two sons. I mean, the idea of, of, of sacrificing one of them for, for the good of humanity is beyond my own comprehension. Beyond anything I could ever fathom around how much he loves us. How much he wanted to be in relationship with us. You know, I think a lot of times we relate to God in a way that's just kind of like, well, God, what can I get from you and what, and, and what do you need from me? And God's answer is consistently the same from Genesis to Revelation is, I just want relationship with you. I want to be with you. I want to be friends with you. I love the passage in, Ab- in, in the New Testament or the Old Testament the, in Genesis where it says that Abraham was a friend of God. And that Jesus even says that you were once my servants, but now you're my friends. That God just wants the relationship with you. He's like, I gave you my best so I could know you and be with you and change you. And so you'll think like I think and you'll love like I love. That this idea of, of giving your best isn't from a sense of, of work-based, you know, I got to try harder giving. It's really from a reflection of what God is doing inside of us that we want to share with the rest of the world. That we have a precious gift that is Jesus that we can share with the rest of the world. And I'll tell you now, it starts really, really small. Because the things that we sometimes think are very small and insignificant in giving are extremely big and powerful to those who receive it. I'll give you an example. We had a, a young lady in our uh, Utah County campus. And she was um, kind of... We're almost like experimenting with this idea of generosity, right? Like we're always talking about it. How can I love people? And, and so she was in a, a restaurant 
I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply this to my waitress. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share how much I love her. I'm going to give her a, a, a nice tip. You know, it's a really easy way to bless someone. If you're ever looking for a way just to, to see what God can do in generosity, just do that one time and you'll be blessed. I guarantee it. Well, she, she and her husband talked about it and they, got, they wrote down the sum and, and gave it to the, the waitress and, and tried to kind of sneak out before you know, she could see it. They didn't, you know, she's a very uh, kind of shy person at times. And so she, you know, they, they walked out the restaurant and then the, 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 the waitress literally chased her down in the restaurant or in, in the parking lot, sobbing. It was like, and just couldn't believe the, the generosity to which she had given. And she was able to, to speak with her and share the gospel with her. And, and now that, that family actually are part of our campus. I mean, something as, as small as that was mind-blowing to the other individual. I mean, I think about it all the time. When I, I get up to preach on Saturday nights, and they're sitting in like the second row from, you know, and we only have four rows because we're a small church. But anyway, I look at them. And I just think about that is a, a walking and breathing sense of God loving, so we gave. That the generosity we portray because of what God has done for us by giving out what we can do and our reflection of what is the best is such a, an open door for us to share the good news of Jesus. I mean, in a world that, that is so locked up when it comes to generosity, we need to be a people that breaks down those doors and shows the world how generous we are. That through that is, is a powerful instrument to which the whole world can see that we love each other. As, we were t- as Chase was explaining, that the fact that we, that we love one another is a marker, an indicator of that we are disciples of Jesus. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to be generous with, you know, with each other. Right? Whether that be giving, whether that be time, whether that be just in prayer. Like I, I love getting texts from people saying they're praying for me. I love, it's like, great, I can take on the day now. Like, I love that I have family and parents who pray for me because I know I'm going to be taken care of. Like, that is a huge way to do it. Be, be thinking about, especially this week as we enter into the season with, with Christmas and, and, and just think about how can, I, how can I really reflect on what God has done by giving his best this week and the people in my life. What have I been blessed with? What are the gifts that I have been given and imparted to that I can then impart onto the people around me that will bless them, that will reflect that, that giving of the best that God has done with Jesus? That he gave his one and only son so that he could love us, that we would be spared and saved and redeemed and delivered for him. Isn't that a good word? That's good, isn't it? And then God's gift is tied to his love. God's gift is tied to his love. Again, you know, we, we live in such a, a world of, of conditional love, of shame, of guilt, of, of even condemnation. And one thing that I think that we constantly battle as, as believers is this idea that I am, I'm not worthy. 
or I'm not worth it, or I, I have too much shame or, or sin or guilt, and I can't really, we, we have trouble seeing what the Lord has done and how much he actually does love us. We hear it, but does it really click in the heart sometimes because of all of the other garbage that we're dealing with? Am I the only one who thinks that way? <laughs> okay, good, I got a few nods, good. But what we see here is that God's gift, that, that gift of salvation, the gift that is Jesus, is rooted, again, into his, his idea of how much you're worth dying for. I mean, again, I, I need us to really understand what this means. That even before the foundations of the world, God had decided, I'm going to send my son out of a deep desire and love for my creation to save it. And that it will be a gift received by humanity, not something, a wage and not an obligation to be paid. You know, we were studying Romans 4 last night in Utah County and it talks a lot about how if a wager works, then it's an obligation for the payer to pay that wage. But for those who don't work, it's for those, it's a gift and a mercy for those who receive it. And God has set this up so that we can never in our entire existence work our way to a place where God's gift is an obligation for him to pay. That it's always been about the sense of mercy and grace because without, with, if it's obligation works, it's not grace and mercy. And if we're saved by grace through faith, through belief and trusting in the Lord, then it cannot be about obligation. And so when we look at the gift that God has given us in Jesus, and we, we get to, to have that relationship and that, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we see that in that is tied a great and powerful gift that we now get to then give away. I mean, that's my favorite part of this Christian follow Jesus experience that we get to live in this world is that I not only get to be imparted upon the very gift of God in my salvation with Jesus and all the great um, perks that come along with that, right? You get all of the, the comfort, the peace, the power, the, the security, all of that that comes with that, the liberation from sin and death, obviously a big one. But not only that, but I also get to share that love. I get to share that word. I get to share that experience. I get to share all of that that he has done in me with the rest of the world. Is there not a greater opportunity in the world than that? I mean, we have a, a phenomenal opportunity as a people to not only be empowered, but to then also give away what we have been given. I get so excited about that. It's to the point now where I, I, I see an unbeliever and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be awesome because you're going about to get rocked by Jesus. Like you're about to hear a word that is amazing, that you're about to, to experience a God and a, and a Lord who saved my life just by hearing what he did, just by seeing what, what he has done. And that has got me through some of the hardest days of my life with the hope of tomorrow that I get to then bear witness to the goodness that he is doing today. That when, when things happen and we're struggling, I, I, I hold to the fact that, that through that, God is going to do something amazing. 
even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it, I've seen it done before. I read about it every day in this, that God's gift is not one to be hidden away, but shared in times of both great times and sad times, and abundant times and lacking times. And in verse 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I think that's an important continuation of John 3.16. That God did not send his son into to condemn it. That he came with the purpose into this world to say, I am going to rescue you. That I am going to save you. That I am going to deliver you. That I am going to bring you to a place of restoration from what sin has done. That's one of the the main purposes of what Jesus has come to do. And so I know that through this time, and if, if you're thinking, man, I just... I don't know what I can give. I don't know what, how I can be generous during this time. If all of that comes into one piece, it's really that because Jesus came and gave and saved, I can give that. Give that peace. Give that peace to somebody. Give that comfort to somebody. Give that freedom from condemnation for somebody. Because in that, that's powerful, is it not? I think verses like this, sometimes we, especially children of the church like me, where you just grew up in it, you read them a million times, you, you've recited them a million times, but when you actually break it apart and you look at it, and it, it changes the way you think, and it changes the way you you look at other human beings and it changes the way you, you reflect in your life and in your, in your relationships and how you respond to situations in life. It's really a life-changing passage. It's something I know that 30 years from now I'm going to be reading and it's still going to have this profound effect on me. That the deeper we, we reach into the love of God, the, deep, the deeper we understand that the the life that he gave for us, that is transformative. That's what changes our minds and renews our hearts and and helps us to recognize the good news of what Jesus has done. That it wasn't out of a, a hatred that God saved the world. That it was out of a love that God saved the world. And that we now have the opportunity to live that out and unlimited facets of our lives. Through ultimate, limitless avenues to which we can go. How can you love people the way God loves people? How can you love people the way God loves you? How can you lay down your life in a way that's going to love and honor those around you? What can you surrender over that says that my life is the Lord's? It's not my own. 
so that people can be blessed, that people can hear the good news, that people can experience the generosity of God. All of this is encapsulated into what Jesus has done. That we really are just walking around as banners of the exalted king, of the, of the Lord lifted on high, who submitted himself unto that death. And so we also must submit ourselves to the place of absolute sacrifice for the love of the people around us. That's a hard thing to do. It takes a transformed mind. It takes a renewed heart. It takes the Holy Spirit to absolutely empower us to do that. This is not something you can do without God. And I love that our complete dependence is upon that. That to even love like he loves is a complete dependency upon him. Because if your dependency is not upon him, then something is broken. One of my my key passages I, I hit on all the time is from 2 Chronicles where it talks about how the Lord moves from from one side of the world to the other world, looking for those who are fully committed to him, fully dependent upon him. And for us to be able to love the way we love, to get through the circumstances that we get through in love, it requires us to be fully dependent upon him and all of our vulnerability and all of our hurt and all of our abundance and all of the good days and the bad days to say, it is all upon you, the one who loves me the one who died for me, the one who cares for me, the one who is good and who has told me numerous, numerous times throughout all of the Bible, he will never leave me nor forsake me. So carry with you, church, this week an eye to see how can I give in a way this week that is a way of sacrifice to the love of what God has done? How can I I look at another human being this week and say, how can I love you the way God loves me? How much God loves humanity that he would die for us. That he would give his absolute best for us. A people not deserving of any possible way. The type that say we have no, we we cannot work our wages. We cannot be be given an obligation to uphold our righteousness, but all through our dependency upon God, through his grace, through his mercy, through his forgiveness. From that place, we have a a way of living out a generous spirit of, of going into the world and sacrificing everything we have because we know all we have is the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of our Lord. It's a very humbling experience and it does take a lot of vulnerability but it's a good place to be, amen? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you so much for the love that you have for us. That you are a great God of love, of a powerful love, of a limitless love, of a love that covers all our sins, that covers them all up, the ones that fester on the surface, the ones that are festering underneath, you encompass and cover all of them by your great love. That all of that shame, the guilt, the condemnation, Lord, that that means nothing in the eye of your love. 
And so God, I pray this week that we will have a better understanding of what it means to give and live a life of generosity out of love for those around us, for those that are part of the body of Christ. How can we this week lay down our lives as you have laid down yours for those around us? How can we be conformed to that that same image of you where people see the things that we do, the the faith that we have, and they see you lifted high? Help us to be banners and witnesses of your love throughout our entire communities this week. As we go into into Christmas this week, and help us to to really help understand the, the love that you have for us. Change our minds. Renew our hearts. Give us your heart, Lord. Help us to see people the way you see people. Help us to speak into people's lives in a way that's going to be abundant and hope-filled because this world needs a lot of hope. And that hope is rooted in you and you alone. So Lord, I pray for those in this room and viewing online who are just searching for love, are looking for that meaning and that that purpose and that security and comfort that is found in love. And Lord, I pray that you grab their heart. I pray that you ensure them that you're there, that you love them, That through every circumstance, you will never leave them nor forsake them. That you love them completely and totally. Help them to believe in you today. Help them to rely on you in every way. And to put their dependence upon you in a way they may have never have done before in their lives. Let this be a new day, a refreshing day, where we walk out with our head held high, knowing that you are seeking us to be loved, that you died for us because you loved us, that we are forgiven and given grace and mercy because you loved us, that when we believe in you, when we put our faith in you, we have access to the greatest love in all of existence. A love that we can only fathom in the ways that we, we need to be loved. Because Lord, we were created to be in relationship with you. And you restored that connection, that relationship through your son through you, Lord, so that we could live in relationship with you for eternity, to know you, to be friends with you, to be servants for you, to be your hands and feet, but to have the opportunity to to love those around us the way you loved us. So challenge us this week, my King, Comfort those who need to be comforted. Empower those who need to be empowered. 
And let's walk this week out, Father, with a love that is community-changing, life-changing, family-changing, building the, rebuilding the ruins of past generations changing. Let your love conquer all. In your name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, um, Ira wanted me to make a quick note too that the last day for giving is December 31st, not December 27th. Um, but uh, please then go be loved, love each other, and let's go win the people for love. Amen. <laughs>